Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Musician's Guide podcast. My name is Karen, and I am your host. I'm sitting here with Jen. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. <laughs> my mic is like right in your eyesight. No, right in my line of sight for you. So there you go. I think this is better so I can see you when we talk. Otherwise, yeah. I feel really cross-eyed because I feel like my eyes are going in between the two things. Anyway, um, how are you? Good morning. Doing great. How are you? Doing great. Yeah. Do you, Okay, so debatably, when people ask you how you're doing, do you actually tell them or are you just like, oh my God, everything's fantastic. How are you? Um, it depends on the person, but generally I do tell people how I'm doing and sometimes I get too much. No, I would like to be <laughs> done with this conversation. So I'm like, I'm great. How are you? Best day ever. Well, no, I'm not like a Debbie Downer, but I, it's usually like followed by some like crazy story. So like yesterday I hopped on a Zoom with Maggie. We're, we're working on a, a relaunch for Cadenza for March. And she was just like, how's it going? I was like, how it's going? I just checked my bank account. I bought all this money for skincare because I like broke out with this thing and you have to see an esthetician and this like long ass story. So it wasn't even like, I'm terrible. I'm breaking out. It was more of just like, and this is the thing I did. And do you have an esthetician? And it was like, am I a hundred? Like what is happening? Or have you never spoken to any human ever? I know. <laughs> it's like my first interaction of the day or whatever. Love it. Anyway, um, so what are we talking about today? So today we're going to focus on how to improve the, your quality of life as a musician. And a human. And a human in general. But as a musician, more specifically, kind of targeting and, and figuring out, we're going to talk about objects themselves. So like things that you can get that like are such a game changer to have in your home and just to like help improve your quality of life. Gadgets. And then <laughs> gizmos and gadgets. And well, then we're going to talk about like actual actions that you can do. So I think the big three that we talked about or that we're going to discuss right now is going to be boundaries, financial literacy, and personal development. And we'll go more into those more so than just your regular like drink water to improve your quality of life it's going to be a little bit more yeah more in depth yeah and for the gizmos part i'm laughing because it just feels like they're coinciding with our age and like season of life so we'll see take it with a grain of salt of course question the source whatever take whatever makes sense for you leave whatever doesn't and if you have any recommendations for us like we'd love to hear them because we're always in the market for better quality of life truly do you want to start first with the objects sure um, are these all yours? No. Okay. Because we, before we start this, I was like, don't steal my stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what is your stuff. Because <laughs> you ramble and then you go and you say ramble. things that I'm going to say. <laughs> and then I'm left like, yeah, guys, I agree. <laughs> How dare you? Um, okay. So for me, can, I, can the hatch be mine? Yeah. Okay, great. So for me, having a hatch, I don't even know what it's called. What a terrible commercial here. But it's this hatch alarm clock thingamabob. Mm -hmm. And it is amazing. Um, so most of you, if you're an OG of the podcast, know that I'm a highly sensitive person. So I have already like a very overstimulated nervous system. So the iPhone alarm sometimes even the call map, any of these like, oh, wake up in the morning, here's birds chirping or, you know, whatever. Like, it's just not enough for me. Like, it will still give me a heart attack. Um, so I needed something that would gradually wake me up because I'm 100. And this hatch has this whole thing where like it, it changes colors, kind of like simulating the, a sunrise. And it just like, I don't know, gets in your face, but not too much. And then there's like a little rainfall and there's like also like a, a noise, uh, not noise canceling, a like white noise machine that you can fall asleep to. There's meditation. Like it's this whole thing that allows me essentially to get to good sleep and also to wake up in a great way so that I'm not like panicked or stressed out with the sound of my alarm. Um, I can still snooze it, but because it's like a 30 minute process to wake you up, I actually feel more rested when I wake up. Like I don't feel the need to 
to snooze. Um, so that's been like life changing for me. I've had it for, for two years. It's great. It's not, um, an app where you have to pay a subscription. You just Mm -mm. buy the thing and it's yours and it lasts a while and it's aesthetically pleasing. It's like a little, we'll post a photo, I guess. Um, I don't even know how to describe the shape of it, but it's great. Yeah, there's different shapes now, but it's kind of like an egg. And you just like look at the egg and it just like wakes you up. I don't know. It's yeah. really great. I love it. And it's durable too. Like you said, I've, I think I've also had mine for like two years now because I got it, of course, right after you got yours because it was life changing. And yeah, it's just been really nice. And there's different versions of it, but I really like the hatch one the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, um, I'll go and do mine. And I think you have a little bit more to say to this one than I do, but just like a good pillow. A good pillow improves your quality of life significantly. Like just like getting good sleep. For the longest time, I was like, yeah, you know, I just, I have just constant migraines. Like that's just how I live and that's my, my lifestyle. It must be the stress. It must be whatever. Turns out it was my goddamn pillow that was inhibiting me from having like amazing sleep because obviously like the base of your neck is where you lay a lot of it you like your entire body weight pretty much well no i don't know if that's accurate but <laughs> i sleep like a bat yeah actually guys yeah. You're suspended from the ceiling <laughs> no well whatever you just lay on your back a lot so that support isn't there or even when you turn to the side like your neck is like in a mountain so yeah having a good pillow too yes thank you (laughs) so you need a good pillow yes it's incredible do you want to talk her oh my gosh you guys i am a huge fan of a good pillow and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money like i'm not saying like go out and get like a psycho tempur-pedic or like a custom-made pillow for you but i don't know about you guys but for me maybe until the last couple of years, like a Target pillow was fine. And, you know, Walmart, Walgreens, whatever. <laughs> I feel like Taylor Swift talking about eggs at the Grammys. <laughs> Do you even buy pillows at Walgreens? No, it's Walmart. <laughs> so like Target, Walmart, or sometimes even Costco, like you just go in and there's like all these random pillows and, you know, they're priced fine, you know, like under 20 bucks. But I have found that even just doubling that in price and, and getting like just a good solid pillow knowing like do you like firm do you like soft how many pillows do you need like and just kind of testing them out and being willing to not just settle for whatever you got but like find something that works for you has been a game changer i'm gonna add on to that too and say just like sheets in general so like the things that you use to go to sleep so like your comforter duvet doesn't have to be super expensive but like really good sheets are fantastic and Mm -hmm. There are Amazon sheets that are incredible and are so soft and so amazing and aren't that expensive. So you and your dupes, truly, dupe culture is crazy. But yes, it's an, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, highly recommend good yeah. pair of sheets. And if you're in the market to splurge, parachute, mm, such a vibe. They have these that are like uh, buttery soft, so you basically slip into your bed. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I love 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 it. I have friends that swear by linen sheets too. So just kind of figuring out the type of sleeper that you are um, is great. Yeah. What else? Um, let's say just our last two very quickly, and then we'll wrap up and we'll I know, move sorry. to the next segment. It's become like an Amazon. Amazon. Why am I speaking weird? An Amazon moment. Um, okay, me or you? You can go ahead and do the next one. Okay, so the next one, and again, maybe this is just hashtag thirties, heating pad amaze um just random ass pains having a little electric heating pad um has been incredible mm-hmm. e- even the dogs freaking love it yeah heated pillows not pillows <laughs> what is happening a heated blanket <laughs> you imagine having a heated pillow <laughs> people have cooling pillows <laughs> just uh, i'm not even gonna edit this it's fine <laughs> 
sweating in your sleep. <laughs> I highly recommend. <laughs> Great. No, no, no. Just kidding. A heating pad, heated, heated blanket, <laughs> or all of vibe. Um, I find sometimes when I like overdo it existing, um, I could just put it on my lower back or my leg or whatever, um, just for like less than 20 minutes, even in the lowest setting. And I have found that it's helped my recovery a lot. Um, and just feeling rested and my muscles not getting like tight or crazy to the point where I don't go to a massage cause I'm like falling apart, but I just go for, for enjoyment. Love it. And then the last one on here, I'm going to round it out with a migraine cap. So <laughs> we're like, diseased. No, seriously. So like I mentioned, I get headaches very often and I feel like that's kind of a common experience for most people or at least the people that I know in my life. And this migraine cap, it has like, so it has, it's like a little cap, obviously, like you would think like a beanie and it has like little beads inside of it that you just put mm-hmm. in the like um, freezer. And the entire cap, you just put it in the freezer. And then when you take it out, it's like the perfect temperature and where it's not like, I don't know about perfect temperature. It's a little bit cold, obviously. But it's like just distributed equally and you just put it over your head. And even if like, let's say one day you just want to cool off, want to do whatever, like it's really nice. And it just has these little um, like bead setting things that are like on your eyes that create some pressure on your eyes that are cold. Mm -hmm. And then the whole thing is also cold too. So it kind of takes away from having to wear like a ice pack on your head and then it like falls to the side if you move or whatever. It just distributes it evenly and it's really nice. Yeah, I love it. I got it because I was influenced by you and Mm -hmm. it's been a total game changer too. And it lasts a while being cold too, which yes. I appreciate. So I could, you know, when I do get a gnarly headache, like just sit with that one thing. Also, I don't have water dripping on me from like yes. my Ziploc or, you know, whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah. For sure. Okay. So moving on into the next segment of the episode. So talking about how to improve your quality of life as a musician when it comes to things that are intangible and more things that you need to work on. So starting off first with boundaries. And I'm going to let you lead it off because I know you're like the boundary queen. I'm obsessed with boundaries. Um Oh my gosh, my uh, book section almost started talking on my phone. Um, So I think like we need to go back to like an expert on boundaries. And I think like the leading lady right now, um, we mentioned it in a few episodes ago. Her name's Nidra Glover Tawab. She's a relationship expert and a therapist. And her field of research is boundaries. She has this amazing book called Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself. And I think that, you know, just educating ourselves more on like what boundaries actually are, because I feel like we have all these accounts on social media, which are totally fine. I'm, I'm a consumer of them as well. But I found that it was really easy to get confused about what I thought a boundary was and um, quick detour, Jen, don't worry. Um, I, I just feel like with TikTok and with social networks, we're all using therapy speech without actually fully knowing what we're saying or what we're talking about. We're looking at like the holistic psychologist, which fine, it's a great account. Fun fact, I don't think she's actually credited anymore, whatever. Um, But, you know, throwing things out like child trauma or like disassociating or, you know, whatever. And it's like some of these things are just not um, ours to diagnose. A professional needs to do that. So I think like reading a book on boundaries, getting clarity and, and you interpreting what that means to you. Um, but to answer your question, I feel like figuring out what boundaries we need first with ourselves, like what kind of relationship do we want to have with ourselves and then what boundaries were needed to function and, and feel like we're thriving with other people and then figuring out how they're feeling for us. So it's not that I'm just like, oh, this is a boundary forever. It might be something that I need to test out and see if that improves my quality of life. So a great example would be if you're a freelancer and you get an email and you're being lowballed for a gig. 
setting the boundary of are you just going to work because you want to work because you need to work whatever the circumstances or are you setting a boundary of I'm not going to take on a gig that's less than x amount because it, it turns out that I end up losing money like that would be a boundary or if there's a conversation that makes you uncomfortable in a professional setting, figuring out what is that way that you're going to set a boundary, especially if you're a freelancer, if you're a sub that isn't going to, you know, ruffle any feathers, but at the same time, not going to disrespect you or throw you off your game. So just figuring out what are some good boundaries for you and and what makes sense for you. Yeah. I think a big boundary with that, especially when it comes to work is when you do a project and then somebody comes back and is like, oh, wait, one more thing. Can you add this? And can you do do me a quick favor and add this? And it's like, nope, that goes above the scope of the project. And just figuring out that you're being kind and you're trying to actually save them money and not bill them at however much an hour. You want to include that in the scope of the project. So yeah, absolutely. I also think too, adding on to the conversation of boundaries, which I didn't know was a thing, but the company of people that you keep around makes such a huge difference and that comes in with the boundaries that you have in my opinion at least and I think like if you're surrounded by people who are negative if you're surrounded by people who are uplifting if you're surrounded by people who are you know money hungry if you're surrounded by people who are creative like that filters into your life and I feel like you creating the boundary of who you decide to keep in your life is super important and I know obviously like making friends as an adult is really difficult but it makes a difference and you don't realize that it makes a difference until you get out of a bad situation and where you're like wow this person never made me happy or like didn't bring me the happiness that I thought and it was just companionship versus like a friendship because they were never like truly authentic or kind or whatever it may or didn't add value into my life so I think it's super important to to realize that especially in like the musical community which feeds into networking which I didn't realize Mm -hmm. so if you're associated with certain people that are a certain way you are then labeled as them and in for networking purposes for whatever like that makes a difference and I know another boundary within networking is and I'm kind of going off and you're rogue now yeah a little bit rogue but realistically like sometimes when it comes to networking too regardless of the company that you keep around people will bend over backwards to network to go to this event to do this thing to show up and show face and see the possibilities of who they're going to meet there and i think that's super important but there's boundaries that come with that that if you're exhausted and you're not presenting yourself as your as you're not presenting yourself as your best self at that event because you're exhausted don't go like it's not worth it so mm-hmm. just networking smarter networking smarter not harder is that how it is yeah yes yeah do you have anything you want to add to that I like that no that's a really good point um yeah and I also want to recognize because I can also hear people being like yeah but sometimes you can't control some of the people that you're sitting next to or that just you know are energy sucks and I think that that's where going back to the initial point of setting those boundaries with yourself first and figuring out what do you need in order to be able to survive in some of these situations. Because, yeah, we all at some point or another have experienced crappy coworkers or a crappy work environment where there's nothing you can do. So I think like figuring out what's going to work best for you and, you know, evaluate if, if the job or whatever you're doing is, is worth uh, what you have to put yourself through because quality of life. And I know that that can feel slash come from a place of privilege, but I do think we all have the opportunity to just rethink what we want our quality of life to be and to change our mind on what that looks like keeping Mm -hmm. in mind also like we say that how you make your money is nobody's business yep 
Right. So the second way of improving your life, your quality of life as a musician is financial literacy is going to be this topic. And just to preface before I lead it on to you, we're going to have a whole segment coming next with the wealthy portion of the podcast where we're going to talk about just financial literacy in general, like how to make money as a musician, all that stuff and, you know, kind of what it means and the ongoing conversations about it. But I'll go ahead and let you lead it off for financial. Yeah. So I think I mentioned this last time, but I think financial literacy is such a broad term and I feel like when it comes to like touring and master classes and gigging, like we're we're thinking more about the money that we are making more so than the cost of doing business. And I just think it merits repeating. Like it's just as important to know what you're making as much as how much is it going to cost you to be able to do your job. So travel, gas, food, lodging, time away from your other consistent revenue of your freelancer and just being able to weigh the pros and cons of what that looks like. So I feel like through this, you know, figuring out the cost of doing business, it could look like having spreadsheets. It could look like you just taking a few extra minutes to double check, like driving wise, does this make sense? And a simple example of this is you get a private student and there may be five or six more miles outside the radius of what you're comfortable doing or what you typically do. Are you too intimidated to ask to get your gas covered because you just don't want to lose the student or the possibility? Or are you willing to be upfront and be like, hey, um, this is my rate like we talked about. And with this distance, if I'm coming to you, I need to add on an extra $10. And the reason I say it and it sounds simple um, is because we've all been there where we're like, oh no, I don't want to lose this. Like I'll just eat the cost. But then you don't realize that it actually ends up costing you more money. And all of a sudden you're not making 50 or 60 bucks an hour on that lesson. You're making 30 or you're making 35. And then at that point, is it even worth it? So it's not from a place of like, you have to be money hungry or you always have to raise your rates and then price yourself out of where you live or whatever. It's just more about being smart and asking those questions. But it all goes back to like you understanding how much money, where is it going? Where's it coming from? And how much of that makes up your income as well. So you can decide what percentage of your focus is going to that. Um, I think a good app that's helpful and is free is the Mint app, M-I-N-T. It syncs with your bank, with your credit cards. And you're able to just kind of peruse and see what you're spending your money on and where it's going. And not from a place of judgment, but from a place of data. Anytime we've switched a budget or changed anything, we first have to observe our spending patterns and what things are looking like. So like in the company, John, every time, as you know, because you're usually the leader of this, whenever we raise our rates or whenever we're doing a project, like it's not just like, oh, we feel that website should cost X amount of money or we feel like this is what a photo shoot costs. It's like, no, there's this process that takes time. There's this process. There's paying the photographer. There's the pre, the post, the during, and then that's how you come up with a cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Um, I don't think I have a lot to add for the financial one. I feel like you covered pretty much all of it. The only thing that I see and we can talk about in later episodes is like the pressure that you feel when a gig might not pay as much, but it's a good opportunity. So how to weigh out, yeah. you know, good opportunity and you're going to do it for chip money versus like, no, this is my boundary. Because sometimes if you're going to have the opportunity to play at this specific place, then you don't want to say anything and you're like, you know, I'll take it for the exposure. But then you have places that like Nashville, at least, who just capitalizes on that and has Mm -hmm. this like cap for musicians and where it's like who can do it for the cheapest. And it's like these jazz rooms, these like locations that I don't know, just take advantage. So, yeah, no, we'll definitely get into that Um, because I think it's a much bigger 
conversation yeah absolutely so moving on to the third way to improve your quality of life as a musician and that'll be personal development do you want me to go first or do you want to go first you can go first um i don't know for personal development we've said this over and over again and again if this is your first episode like great awesome but my biggest analogy and the one that really just broke everything in my brain is the idea of you know driving a a really expensive car in a racetrack and you can have the best model fastest car all that stuff but if the driver isn't developed or doesn't know what they're doing with that vehicle then the vehicle itself is useless so you can be presented with these amazing opportunities but if you don't have not what it takes but if you don't have the personal development to be able to be that person that is in that position and has that job or has that you know opportunity that whatever then it makes it really difficult for you to enjoy it without letting things like imposter syndrome come in or other things that you know might not actually be factual so it's important yeah. to continue to develop and i also think too you say this a lot but like you never really arrive like you're always changing and evolving and your mindsets you're allowed to change them so it's important to recognize where you're at and things that you know might have been really impactful in one point in your life might not be the same in a different season and there's a new problem that arises that you also have to tackle so it's being aware and not blind to things that might affect you know your work personal life professional whatever it might be like just knowing yourself and continuing to learn more about yourself yeah with a full understanding that you change depending on the season of life like you just said and your interests you have permission to change your mind so what might work for you in your 20s might not work for you in your 30s and there's a lot to wrestle with Um, there's a lot of identity in my experience with my work like i've said before it doesn't matter if you're an emerging artist right freshman in college or if you're playing in the new york phil like the questions are the same what am i doing why am i doing this the pressure is it going to work out am i enjoying it am i providing enough is this what i really want like the questions are all the same so i think for me i'm thinking about self development professional development as an opportunity to develop more tools in my toolbox so that as things come up both things that i know and things that are unknown to me um that i'm able to tackle them and i think that um you know in your 20s everything feels very unknown and you're learning so many new things and you're learning things fast but then as you get to your 30s there's a a degree of comfort that comes with expertise and experience but at the same time there's also lots of questions around like is this how it always has to be or is this something you can sustain for the next 20 30 years or and then you know the older you get the conversations keep shifting and changing to is this how i want to spend my time as you look at retirement like what is that going to look like um what is the legacy you know all of these really big questions so i i think like instead of you doing personal development um it's something you have to do because you need to check a box or it's trendy or you maybe enjoy self-help books just really thinking about the tools that you're developing and start with something that you know fuels your passion like for me personal development was very um business oriented it was very sales driven like learning how to start a business learning how to do that and then i found the enneagram it gave me an opportunity to do more soul searching and have just more language in a space that felt good to me um i didn't really connect with myers-briggs i didn't really love disc i didn't really like fully immerse myself in strength finders because everything just felt like it was so work centric. So just finding something that that spoke to me that made me uncomfortable, that made me really do some deep work like that is something that really carried me, I would say, for the last six, seven years. And then now in this new season of life, um, I'm using the Enneagram, but I'm also bringing in uh, Chris and Neff and self-compassion. And that's been a whole other can of worms that 
you know, is very simple topics like be kind to yourself. Don't, you know, have negative self-talk, observe. But how it's hitting me right now with the tools that I have is just so much more impactful than maybe like five or six years ago. So like, don't force any of this personal development. Um, don't judge yourself for not pursuing one area or the other. Like some people literally cannot do the artist way just yet. And that's okay. Like it doesn't mean that you're a piece of shit or whatever. It just means that it's not your time. The same thing goes with therapy. Like, yeah, we all need therapy, but sometimes you're just not ready to make that phone call and that's okay. So back to self-compassion and back to figuring out like what might you need in the season. And then also realizing that personal development isn't like a band-aid. It's a tool. So it takes time to figure that out. So it's not something you should expect to only be immersed in when you're in a crisis. It's Mm -hmm. something that becomes a part of life and and a way of living. Um, And another thing you just never arrive to. So I think experiencing it with curiosity and um, surrounding yourself with people that are like-minded, seeing like who does who's doing well and and, and what do they do for personal growth and development? Like I'm always so inspired by people that are just so composed and grounded and have like this really calming presence. Like Elizabeth Rowe, um, principal player of the Boston Symphony. She's also a coach. Every time she talks, every time she exists, it's just like so calm and graceful and Mm -hmm. peaceful. Whenever I've talked to her, it's just been like, oh, like it just feels like a conversational hug, even though like there's no like touchy feeliness in her personality in those capacities, obviously, because it's professional. Um, And I'm just like, "Hmm, I wonder what this person does. And yeah, sure sure as shit, self-compassion work, um, a lot of just personal growth, a lot of language, like she's really passionate about language and and the usage of words. So we have a lot of linguistics going on and it's just like, yeah, because she's so careful with her words. So like, I want to try and emulate that. So let me kind of find what what it is that she's doing. And it's not because I want to be her, but it's, I want to exhibit some of these qualities and bring it into my life and, and my lexicon. So, um, that's my whole touchy feely way of talking about personal development. Yeah. That's really great. I think that's awesome. I think that's a really great note to end the podcast on, actually. Yeah. And a good book to start, um, if this is your first personal development moment, would be Chop Wood, Carry Water by Joshua Metcalf. Um, It's this really cute, short, 200-page book, two-and-a-half-hour audiobook that talks about the process. And it's just like little fables and little nuggets of wisdom. It's totally an unrelatable story. It's a samurai archer and a sensei. So it'll get you out, transport you out of your reality. Um, But... Highly, highly recommend. So are you going to link all these things somewhere? Yeah, absolutely. In the show notes. The show notes. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, you guys. Um, If you have any questions or thoughts, feel free to reach out. Um, It would be so helpful if you could give us an Amazon. Amazon. Why do I do this? (laughs) An Apple review on iTunes. Um, It helps people find the podcast. Um, Anything else, Jen? No, I think that's it. 